Hi, I'm Angie, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. We're the Faithless Sisters, and this semester we're taking a new look at the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament. We're looking at how God is revealing and working His plan for man's salvation through these books of the Bible. We're following Dr. Chris Miller's class at Cedarville University, and we're excited that you're joining us in our discussion of his teaching. We can't wait to learn more of God's character and plan. All right. Well, hello. We are the Faith Lift Sisters, and we are finishing this study of Old Testament literature um, from Dr. Chris Miller. And it's been great. We're in Deuteronomy. This will be our last episode of the season. Um, and it kind of ends on a bittersweet note, but it is, um, it's been a really great study, I think. Um, I mm, thoroughly I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, we're going to um, finish up today in Deuteronomy and you might feel like some of it's a little bit repetitive because you've heard a lot of it um, because a lot of Deuteronomy is um, repeating the promises and repeating the ordinances and repeating the um, commands. Yeah. So um, if you feel like you've heard it before, it's probably because you have, but there's a good reason for it. Because God is getting ready to send people into the promised land and he is helping them to know he's helping the Israelites to remember who they are and whose they are. Mm -hmm. Um, and somebody told me that people, especially adults have to hear something 17 times before it sticks like as permanence in their brain. Um, and so I think God probably knew something along those lines. He could <laughs> like, have. He could have. Listen maybe, again. Maybe. Listen again. Oh yeah? Listen again. 99 <laughs> bottles of beer on the wall. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not brain worms. Those babies go in in one shot. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I'll be singing that all day. I know. Mm-hmm. I yeah. wasn't going to, and then I went, well, we can all benefit from this. I don't have to be the only one. <laughs> Well, we start out the beginning of Deuteronomy, um, and Moses is just retelling the history of Israel, um, all the way back to the promise that God made with Abraham, that his descendants would outnumber the stars. Mm-hmm. And Abraham was like, uh, I don't think so, God. I'm old. And my wife, she's all shriveled inside and like, she's been through the change. Right. Can you imagine and that? His, like his body was as good as dead. dead. Yes. It's pretty descriptive stuff. Yes. Yeah. 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 But then fast forward hundreds of years. So slow forward hundreds of years. <laughs> and we were just talking um, in the last episode, millions millions of living descendants, not even the people that have died already, but actual living descendants left Egypt. Yeah. A couple million. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So it, Moses is reminding the people of the history of Egypt, not Egypt, Israel. So, so what's happened, and this goes back to um, Dr. Miller as he's talking about the story. Um, they have, he has fulfilled that in terms of the people. He has increased the people, mm-hmm. right? 
And then also in terms of a nation, now he's about to take this, this people and turn them into a nation. And that's what all this undergirds here. He has not yet given them the land, but that's about to happen. And he has given them a leader in Moses who correctly, when he's doing it right, points to God as the person that is the actual leader. So. Yes. But we learned last episode that Moses doesn't always do it right. right. And um, so Moses is not even going to qualify to be in the promised land. Mm-hmm. Which that was always like the biggest shocker for me. Me too. Mm-hmm. After all that God did with Moses and the relationship that they had, that Moses didn't get to enter in. Um, well, there were a couple things that... Um, that I, I noticed, and then Dr. Miller pointed out one that I was like, yes, I did notice that. You know, we aren't told about a lot of Moses. We know he has an anger issue, but you really only hear about it twice, right? Mm-hmm. He breaks the the, the, the uh, stones of the yeah. law, the tablets, and then he strikes the rock for water twice right. instead of speaking, as God said. Mm-hmm. He's got anger issues, and who would with two million people that are grumbling and <laughs> Well, he was, he was angry before that. The kill the Egyptian. Yeah, yeah right, right. right. Yeah. And then at the end or wherever it is, it talks about how, yeah, at the end of um, Deuteronomy, talks about how he wants his cousin or his sub-brother-in-law or someone, no, 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 don't leave us. Go with us. You can tell us where to camp. Yeah. You can be our eyes and you can look out for us. I And I did notice that. And I was like, what? What? Yeah. God has a pillar of cloud and a pillar <laughs> of fire. And you yeah. need your brother-in-law to lead yeah. you and tell you where to camp. Isn't that God's job? And he's doing fine. Yeah. yeah. That, if, that was if, crazy to me. Yeah. If yeah. I'm the brother-in-law, I turn to the guys behind me. I go, okay, see that pillar? We're going to follow it. Okay. Yeah. We got you, Moses. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was like, Moses. Yeah. What? So, you know, it's just like, um, like Joseph. Yeah, he's a great guy and everything, but not sinless. You just don't read a lot about it. It's not pertinent to the story that God is trying to tell. So, well, except that we are none of us perfect. Right. And so it is good to know that God uses imperfect people. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, it's good to know that there are consequences when we make bad choices. None of us are exempt from the consequences. That's right. Not even Moses. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- those are, those are good things for us to come to terms with um, because we would like for it to just be all roses and lollipops with God. Right. You know, he loves me. He loves me. I can do what I want. He loves me. He's always going to love me. Nothing I do will ever make him not love me. I mean, those are all, that's true. Mm-hmm. That still doesn't take away the fact that there are consequences when I have actions or make decisions that don't line up with that loving relationship that I should have with God too. It's not just about him loving me. I have some responsibility in the way I love him too. Um, and with Moses, you know what? It's like that. He's, he's this spiritual leader and giant. People are looking at him yeah. and it's like, well, he's not such a big deal. Look at the <laughs> mistakes he made. Look at his getting angry over there about stuff and yelling at us and breaking things yeah. up. You know, it's like, yeah, big deal. He's nobody. 
Well, that's why people want to be leaders and um, teachers. And, you know, that comes with a heavy responsibility. Then you've got to have a whole nother level of behavior and expectation on yourself. Um, yeah, he, he was a leader. And so that set him up for a higher standard just mm-hmm. because of that. And but again, he gets to look in the land. He gets to look gets from to look. the top of the hill or whatever. Yeah. He gets a good look at it, but. Yeah. And he knows his children are going to go in. I mean, yeah. at, at 65, I can say, okay, Lord, it, maybe that's not for me, but you're going to do that for my kids. That's pretty awesome. And I'd be pretty grateful for that. So yeah, and the true promised land is being with God. Yeah, it is. But you're right. I think that was to give him peace. Like before, I wasn't sure why he had the spies go in. It might have been to reveal the people's hearts, yeah. possibly. But I think this time for Moses to see them mm-hmm. was a, a loving thing for God to do. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think so too. It wasn't like a oh, look what you're not going to get to. Look go. what you're no. missing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't think it no. was that way. It doesn't have that feel when you read it. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And the relationship between Moses and God, I mean, over and over and over and over and over again, the Israelites screw up and God's like, okay, we're done. And Moses says, no, 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 no. Remember God, remember what you said, remember your promise. And God sees that righteousness in Moses and has that relationship with Moses and says, you're right. Let's keep going. I love Let's it when they go back and forth. Your people, God. No, your people, yeah. Moses. No, yes. your people, God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they met at the tent of meeting face-to-face. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really, really think that God and Moses were friends. Like, yeah. legit. Yeah. Let's go have coffee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Work through this together, friends. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that God is mean enough to say to Moses, come on up and see what you're missing out on. Come on up and see how much you don't get because you screwed up. You know, and and Moses doesn't argue. We aren't told that he argues about it. It's more that God says, here it is, Moses. This is what's out there for your, for your kids, for your family, for your nation. Mm -hmm. I, I think it is a gift that God gives him to be able to look over. And mm-hmm. I think Moses has got to be tired, oh, yeah. just weary. Go home. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, he was probably so ready. Yeah. So ready to go. I mean, I look at my mom. She passed away this year at 90. She was so ready to go home and be with Jesus. So, yeah, Moses was pretty old at this point. He was probably ready to go home to the Lord, too. Yeah. And what a, what a life. My goodness. First, he has to run away because he kills the Egyptian and he's living in the desert. And then he has to go back to Egypt and face Pharaoh and it's all the plagues. And then he's got to lead these two million people out of Egypt and across the Red Sea and through the desert. I mean, what a what a story. Mm-hmm. Even if you do believe in God so deeply that God would use you for that job, that's still a lot of responsibility. That's yeah. still that's still heavy. It's a yes. heavy. It's a that's a hard life in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And for him to be able to just go lay on the hill and that's where he dies, but he's there with his friend and he is looking out and God's like, see, look what I, I did not forget. I do remember and look how good I am. And I just, I don't know. I think God probably was like, Moses, you know, unfortunately there you're, 
suffering the consequences of your actions, but, but it's okay. I got this, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to be okay. Yeah. It's, you know, you're going to be okay. They're going to be okay. Come home to me. Come on home. Mm -hmm. I think so too. One of the first times I'm actually seeing consequences, like I'd always see them as barriers or, Oh, (laughs) I'd have a lot of trouble with it. And, um, I think through this study with, and as I was really, really dealing with it, it was like, I'm hitting a barrier and it's like, and then we studied Leviticus. <laughs> it was like, where there all the laws? I was like, oh man. And then we come into numbers and it's like, everybody breaks the laws. <laughs> and then it's like, mm-hmm. and then finally God sealed that up with Deuteronomy. And it's like, and these are here because I love you. Mm-hmm. These consequences are actually helpful. Yeah. And and they're always in love from God's is, perspective. God is building a relationship with not just Moses, but with Israel, with the nation itself. Yeah. And in order to build any relationship, there has to be communication and back and forth and action and reaction. Um, and so I think we see all of that in Deuteronomy because he is developing a relationship with these people. And I think it's a layer of trust also, mm-hmm. um, you know, because he's like, here, this is not exactly what you had planned, but I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of you and you're going to have no idea how it's going to happen, but I'm going to take care of you. And knowing what a pivotal role the nation of Israel is going to play in the entire world, they have to learn that trust and God has to, they have to prove that they can be trusted also. Mm-hmm. Because very clearly, like kind of toward the beginning, um, when Moses is talking about Israel's history, um, God says, like, you can obey or you can disobey. And there are consequences. And the consequences to you obeying are that you will be blessed. And this is everything's going to go great. And if you disobey, um, I think one of the things that I put here was you will quickly perish from the land. And you will not live there long, but will certainly be destroyed. Mm-hmm. So those are some pretty clear consequences. Mm-hmm. But God also says, if you recognize your mistakes and you turn to me and say, you know, God, I've been a fool. I really should have been doing things your way. Then God says, okay, let's move along. Consequences still, yes, but let's move along. Are you are you referring to Deuteronomy 28, the... Um blessings and curses are you referring to earlier no like in um four in chapter four in um like verses 25 through 28 that's one of the things um, that they talk about um but i do think the blessings and the curses are hilarious oh my gosh they're pretty clear aren't they they are yeah so (laughs) well let's let's get this middle section real quick here um so dude the like what we kind of just talked about was the history of Israel. That's the beginning of Deuteronomy. Then we go to um, chapters five through 11, 10 commandments, and then some more reminders and warnings, like be careful, be careful to remember God, be careful not to get so wrapped up in yourself that you think it's all you don't get fat and happy and mm-hmm. think, Oh, look what I've done because you have to remember that it's God. Yeah. Um, more repetition. And- Right. And, and I, I used to go, oh, all these tra- all the traditional, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, to me, because my, it was just, okay, mindless obedience. And um, 
And it's Dr. Miller is saying the law requires the love of God first. It's like it has to be grounded in that first. Mm-hmm. Heartless obedience falls short of God's desire. So he doesn't even just want the actions. He doesn't want the robots. He wanted to engage them. And the reason for all of these rituals, it's like the one thing, if you remember Deuteronomy, remember the word remember. It's like, remember, I'm the Lord, your God. Remember, this is what I've done for you. Remember, this is, you know, remember the difference between blessings and curses. You have a choice. Mm-hmm. And that's what God's trying to connect to their hearts. I think that's what happens in Deuteronomy. Yeah. And it is, it's, there's, there's a lot of like, remember, 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 don't forget, be careful. Remember, remember. Mm-hmm. To the point that when they outline their judicial system, the judges are to write the law, keep it on their person and read it every single day. Yeah. Kings. I think the Kings too. I mean, just like, yeah, yeah anyone kings, in leadership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're supposed to read the book of Deuteronomy, I think. Isn't that right? Write it out. Write it out. Write it out. Write your own scroll themselves and then read it every day. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the fact that that engages different learning styles. Because, yeah. you know, some people learn best when they write it. Some people learn best when they hear it. Some people learn best when they read it. But the book is read to them, then they're writing it, and then they are reading it to themselves. So they're hearing it, physically writing it, and then reading it too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, there's no excuse that this is not your learning style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to stick one way or the other. That would be so interesting to just have a notebook and do that. You could. Like what would change, you know, in your life? I know Suzanne's going, nope, not here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but just uh, what would change as you wrote it day one? Like what would change mm-hmm. as you wrote, you know, and even if you're doing like five, 10 minutes a day, you'll see it differently too. That's mm-hmm. what happens with it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So why um, we know, why do we keep hearing, be careful, be careful, be careful. Remember, remember, remember because they are in amongst a lot of people with a lot of bad gods and mm-hmm. a lot of bad stuff going on. Yeah. And even just that curiosity, which I could see me, oh, what is this? Or like, we do it even in this country. You know, we're, we're in the midst of other gods. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, resist that curiosity. Yeah, because they're, God. they're moving into the promised land, but this is not like the abandoned hotel that they're going to go in and fix up. Right. Oh, no. They're going into occupied lands and it's not like, it's not even like they're just going to wander in and be like, Hey, what's up? And then the other people are like, Oh, here's my house. This looks like it might be a good fit for you. <laughs> no, yeah, no, 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 not quite like that. No, no. they're not going to call their realtor and right. go look at a house. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then they knock on the door and they say, I'd like your house now. And they say, okay, no problems. Bye. You know. No, they're going to have to fight. Right. We're talking real housewives of the promised land here. (laughs) (laughs) Glasses of wine going all over the place. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And the people that are going to be in the promised land were not the ones who were there for all of the plagues and for all of the exodus. This is the next generation. Yeah. Right. So they don't have that firsthand knowledge. Mm-hmm. they've only heard stories. Right. That's right. So that's, that's another reason that they're like, remember, 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 remember. Yeah. yeah. Um, so 
let's go back to the blessings and curses that we were talking about. So God has this route planned for them, right? Of how they're going to get to the promised land. And there are these two mountains. And Mm -hmm. he says to them, like, half of you are going to go to this mountain and half of you are going to go to this mountain. And you're going to shout at each other and you're going to shout blessings on what from one side and you're going to shout curses from the other side. And it just makes me laugh every time, every (laughs) time I read it. I just have this mental image of them with like megaphones and they're like, cursed, curse, curse, curse. Oh yeah. Yeah. Bless, 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 bless. And Uh it's just like shooting over this cavernous, like valley. I don't know. know. Do they do it at the same time? No, no. They went back and read out all the blessings. Oh, Okay. Like yeah, remember they, in Nehemiah how they did um the the singing? Mm-hmm. What was it? Oh, the to each other kind thing. of, yeah. yeah. Yeah, to each other. But here's what I thought of. You know, the the blessings are like 14 verses. It covers everything in life. It covers yeah. everything. Yeah. But the curses are like rest <laughs> of like 68 <laughs> verses or whatever. I don't think it's quite that many. So I'm imagining the blessings, you know, then the cursing, and then the blessings. That, and then the blessing people are done. They go home. <laughs> 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 the cursers are still out are there. Are still out there. Cursed right. be the oxen. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they like did the math ahead of time so that they would finish evenly? So like everybody had to serve the same amount of time? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> not the first time, curses. but probably the third time they were good at it. <laughs> uh, oh I don't know. I just, and I mean, it was a very serious thing and it was very intentional, but it just cracks me up. I just think it's so mm-hmm. funny. Um, it is pretty horrible though, really those, those curses. And it's, I said last time, and maybe I was ahead of myself, but I just feel like, you know, when, when, um, Moses, I think it is, or God, I don't know. So someone said, you know, choose. To stay. Choose, choose to stay life mm-hmm. or choose death. You know, it's up to you. And please choose these blessings because mm-hmm. these curses, they're bad. They're really, really bad. You really don't want that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they are given the freedom to choose. To choose. Yeah. Well, they mm-hmm. should be able to look at those other nations and see that they're living under those curses already, right? And so they have a pretty good bookmark. They can look out and see how the other nations are living, what bad things are happening over there. And then they have what God is offering, those blessings that he's offering. If you're my people, this is what you can expect. If you choose me, this is the life you can expect. If you want to go the other way, and choose them well you can see what they what they're dealing with i i don't know about that i don't know if some of the other cultures were had great armies they might have had better horses they may have had cattle like go ahead well, they may have had those things but the earth itself at that point was cursed right after the yeah. fall remember jesus hasn't come yet nothing's been redeemed um, it's it's pretty bad out there. But they're mm-hmm. told, don't count on your horses. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Don't count on your Don't chariots. count on your wealth. Don't okay. count on anything else to, to be your salvation, quote unquote. And it's the Lord. 
why would someone say that? And why would say don't go to the other cultures unless there was something enticing about those cultures in the first place? He very specifically says, don't go back to Egypt. Yeah, at the yes. end. Yeah. Yeah. Don't go back that well, way. It's and I, nature to go back to what's familiar. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. We like familiarity. We like com- that's a comfortable place for us when we're in a situation that's familiar. Well, he says, if you do these things, I'll send you back there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and then I forgot the rest of it. But isn't that a natural, <laughs> isn't that a natural, yeah, it's not going to be good, it's whatever hard. it is. <laughs> That's a natural consequence. What those societies didn't have was God himself mm-hmm. and they had God. And so it's like, you're making a choice between that society that may have a lot of horses, but what they don't have is me. Mm-hmm right? They don't have this piece. They don't have who I am. And that's a choice we make when we decide to look at all of our other cultures or other options here. We, you know, we could be secular. We could choose to not have God and we could have a nice house and we could have a nice job or whatever. And we wouldn't have God because that is a natural consequence of not choosing him is there's this hardening in our hearts. I think mine, I'll speak to mine specifically. And I think that's kind of what Deuteronomy is about is just opening up that heart, opening up that and connecting it to your head and helping you make clear choices. You know, one of the things Dr. Miller did was kind of relate uh, dating relationship and our relationship with God. I thought that was really cute. He talked about um, defining the relationship. Yeah. So when God says, you know, love me with all your heart, don't have any other gods, um, you know, we can relate that from a human standpoint in a relationship. I don't want my husband to have any other woman but me. Right. I mean, there are some kind of basic common sense things, but we need to know that. I need to know that if I want a good marriage, then I got to put Dan first. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to know that if we want a good relationship with God, then we've got to put him first. Mm-hmm. And if you lived, if you grew up in a family that was terribly dysfunctional and had, you know, if, if your mom was a single mom and you had different men running through your life, you know, every day, if there was a new man, if um, you never saw healthy marriages, if you lived in a culture where anything goes, where it was a free for all and there was no guidance then you literally wouldn't know how to have a healthy relationship with your husband. Mm-hmm. And the cultures that these, that the Israelites are going into have multiple gods. They are very much the, the, the places they were going into were terrible. They sacrificed their children. Yeah. They burned their children alive. Like for prosperity. Yes. Like this yeah. is not good and healthy. So if this is what you're surrounding yourself with, and the people that are around you have never known anything else, mm-hmm. then you have to remember that this is, you have to be taught these you things. You have to be taught. Yeah, that's very good, Suzanne. You have to be mm-hmm. taught. Because, because we, we don't know what granted. we don't know. Yeah. Right. And which also kind of is helpful, like why they wandered a little bit in the desert. I mean, they could have gone through and God would have taught it, but um, that it has to be more than your head. Because we forget mm-hmm. so quickly, it has to be your heart too. Mm-hmm. It has to be your heart engaged in that. I mean, honestly, when you think about it logically, it's like, oh, whatever would make killing babies okay for prosperity. And then yeah. somehow it happens. 
and you're thinking that because your heart didn't get engaged in that. In that, as you were asking that question, that was just a head question. And then once you engage your heart, you're like, dear God, please no. But when you're looking at all the horses they have or all the stuff they have, and it seems like it's okay. Well, and it's it, like we talked about complaining and grumbling um, last time. Like it starts on the outsides and it's real ambiguous. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's an easy thing. Like, oh man, life is really hard out here. And then it turns bigger and more specific. And then it really gets to the heart of things. And I think those cultures too, probably are an easy, you know, well, this is an easy thing to do. And then you don't just jump from like, Hey, I really need some money. I'm going to go throw my kid on the fire. Like it's not right. It's a, it's a downhill slide to get Yeah. Yeah. And so God is saying like, remember, remember, remember. Remember me. Remember how I taught you to worship. Remember how I taught you. Remember the things that I did for you. Mm-hmm. I'm right um, here. Right. And I am right here. Mm-hmm. And then Moses, even at the very end of Deuteronomy, Moses knows he's not going to go forward, but he's like, yeah. listen, you guys can do this. Yeah. You can do it. Be strong and be courageous. God is with you. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. You can do this. Go. Israelites. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, buddy. I don't know. Maybe he was like, oh, just go already. You can do this. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm so tired of cheering for you people. <laughs> yeah. Right. Just go already. Um, but anyway, so then Moses knows, like we're we're really at the end of Deuteronomy here, but Moses knows that he's not gonna make it. And then he's like, um, somebody really should lead these people because they're a hot mess. Mm-hmm. Um, so Joshua gets the privilege of leading in Moses' place. And Joshua was one of the two spies who came yeah. back from the 40 days and said, we can do this. We can do it. It's awesome. And look what God has, has for us over there. Let's go. Mm-hmm. So he and Caleb are the two from that generation who are able to go into the promised land. Mm-hmm. And he leads them well. He does. He does. He was filled with the spirit of wisdom. Mm -hmm. That's what it says. Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom. Yeah. I love it. It's awesome. I pray that we would all have that. Amen. Yeah. I feel like that we need to have like a, a wrap up, like montage thing happening here for these last five books of the bible you know like a like at mash where they're like all the things then hawkeye flies away like i feel like yeah (laughs) well you know what wait let me just say this it's not the end of the story this is the end of what we're studying this semester Mm -hmm. right but we need to remember the story is still being written by us, by God through us. Let me make that a little clearer, right? Because Jesus Christ lives in us. This story is not over. This Bible is written, but the story is not over. And we're still in that story. We're still in the, hey, chapter 20 was really tough, but 21, it's going to be great, <laughs> you know, or something. And and just, um, I guess how we take our part in the story, how we have those different roles, how we play our parts. 
um, is really important. So and the the who cares? Who what does it matter? Who cares? Mm -hmm. And we've all talked a little bit about what we've gotten out of that, out of this study and out of Deuteronomy and um numbers in particular. And it's like it is pertinent to us. It is um Absolutely. applicable. Yeah. And so that in itself is awesome that this thing that was written specifically for a specific people has reached through the years and the decades of the whatever centuries moment. yeah mm -hmm. centuries and can still touch us today where we are where we need it yeah, yeah. because it's inspired text it's god right yep. yeah mm -hmm. so all right his wow. story was just land, nation, people. At this point, God has, has Israel is a nation. They are walk, going to walk into the promised land. And Joshua is the new leader. But even if there's a, it'll be Joshua, David, Solomon, all these guys will go. But the ultimate leader is God himself. Yeah. And Jesus is the coming. Right. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Well, somebody want to finish this out in prayer? I will. <laughs> <laughs> I was voluntold. You were long told okay. because I prayed in the beginning. I cried my way through it. I can't do that now. <laughs> well, Jesus, thank you um, just for the the gift of being able to study these words, Lord. Um, thousands of years old and stories that um, are so poignant and just show God how good you are and how much you love us and really all the laws and everything that we think is just silly and ridiculous and down to the nitty gritty, God, um, you did it for a reason and you said it for a reason. And it's to show us your love. And um, it's not to show us that we're not good enough. It's to show us that you care for us so much that you have good intentions for us and that you want us to live in those good intentions, God. And I just thank you for that. I pray that we would remember that the story is not over. Like Rosemary said, um, we may be done with Deuteronomy, but you are not done with us, Lord. And I just pray that you would reveal how we can take these things that we've talked about, what we've learned about, um, what we've discussed, and make it applicable to every minute of every day, and that we would be excited about the story that you are writing in us, God. What a privilege it is to be able to be part of that story. And um, I just pray that if it's time for one of us to be a Moses or if it's time for us to be Aaron or Miriam or Joshua or even um, the guy who was the the um, tabernacle pole picker-upper, God, and that you would just make it so clear and give us such a happy heart um, to remember that we are privileged to be part of the story, God. Um, and I just thank you again just for that privilege. Um, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And cut. <laughs> <laughs>